We continue further with the question, what do we know about the righteousness of God from the Bible? We have read together Daniel 9:14, where we read, The Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth. We have seen in our consideration of the moral character of God that basically God is love, which indicates a holy, purposeful disposition on the part of the Godhead to live for the highest well-being of all. This marvelous conduct that the children of men and the holy moral creatures of the universe behold from hour to hour leads them to pronounce that God is holy in all his actions and in all his character. But further, we have again and again asserted in the scripture that God is righteous because of his profound righteous actions in all the conduct that he shows forth toward his moral creatures, all the acts of love that are bestowed upon them. We were in process of reading the Psalms concerning the assertions of the righteousness of God. And we consider now the 71st Psalm, verses 14 to 19. But I will hope continually, and yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to every one that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who hast done great things? O God, who is like unto thee? Isn't it wonderful to have a state of heart of worship like this? Isn't it a marvelous, happy being that can have this attitude toward God? We continue, verse 24, My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought into shame that seek my hurt. How marvelous to be occupied with the glorious being of God and his profound righteousness. We continue in the 92nd Psalm and verse 15, To show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And the 97th Psalm, and verse 6, The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. No individual who has been endowed with the marvelous moral nature of God's creation can fail to recognize the great righteousness of God. And so all are brought under deep obligation to repent of all sin, to make their adjustment in repentance and find forgiveness from such a righteous God. In the 116th Psalm in verses 5 and 6, Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. This is the position of repentance as we acknowledge our sin. Then God has promised to extend his mercy. 
In this great 119th Psalm, we have several verses. 137, for example, Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright in all thy judgments. And 142, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. 144, The righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding, and I shall live. How tenderly God pleads with men to come to a reasonable position concerning the greatness of his marvelous being. In the 145th Psalm and verse 17, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. So it's the ways of God that constitute him righteous. It's the heart attitude of love that causes him to behave in such a perfect manner toward all and to fulfill his obligation to the great universe and the great world of moral beings. Jeremiah prophesied concerning the future reign of Messiah, the Christ, when his name shall be the Lord our righteousness. In the 23rd chapter, verses 5 and 6, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Then we come to Daniel, chapter 9, and verse 7. How delightful to read about this faithful servant of God, as he was oppressed in so many ways during the captivity. But nevertheless, his heart was warm in declaring the wonderful character of God. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel that are near and that are far off through all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. And from verse 7, we go down to verse 14 of this ninth chapter, where we read, Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil, and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous, in all his works which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. And so the only conclusion that this faithful servant of God could come to were that all the judgments of God were in perfect accord to the realm of righteousness, and he could only admonish his people to repent deeply of their sin, as we do this day by the grace of the living God. And in Hosea, Chapter 14 and verse 9, the prophet closed his admonition in these words, Who is wise, and he shall understand these things, prudent, and he shall know them, for the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. The ways of the Lord are right, and all God asks, as condition of being forgiven, is that we acknowledge that the ways of the Lord are right, and that our ways as sinners have been all wrong, and come to him in deep humility, and find the forgiveness that God longs to impart. The prophet Micah 
calls upon the people to remember the righteousness of the Lord in his sixth chapter and verse 5. O my people, remember now what Balak king of Moab consulted, and what Balaam the son of Beor answered him from Shittim unto Gilgal, that ye may know the righteousness of the Lord. And then we come to Zechariah chapter 8 and verse 8 where the prophet prophesied of a future day when there should be a great joy in the midst of the people Israel and of the world of men, and that God would reign in truth and in righteousness, and that God's actions were according to truth. Chapter 8, verse 8, And I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth, and in righteousness. Notice that righteousness is a conduct according to truth, and God's great mind is filled with the perfection of truth, and his righteous actions are a conduct of himself in all his ways according to the profound truth that lodges in the great mind of God. As we come to the New Testament, we recall that our Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew 6:33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the kingdom of God is a state of righteousness, of adjustment to the ways of God. How could sinners ever be brought to heaven and be happy there if they're not adjusted to the righteous ways of God? Of course, this is impossible. Our Lord Jesus, in his great high priestly prayer, in the 17th of John, verse 25, addressed the Father, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. O righteous Father. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, again we have a declaration concerning the nature and the principles of the kingdom. And there we read, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And this, of course, applies to the king, the great God of the universe, and it applies to all the members of the kingdom, of course, who are saved and restored to God in this happy state of salvation. We come to this great passage in Hebrews chapter 1 where we read about the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, in his glorified state. And here it is declared concerning him in verses 8 and 9, But unto the Son he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hateth iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness, above thy fellows. This expresses the very conduct and character of God, one who hatest iniquity, and who must therefore hate all those that are associated with evil in their hearts, but loveth righteousness and truth. And then in First John chapter 2 and verse 1, the resurrected and ascended Lord Jesus is said to be righteous. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And then in chapter 2, verse 29, 
If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him. And in chapter 3, verse 7, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. So righteousness is here said to be a matter of conduct, in consequence of which a person is to be called righteous, even as he is righteous, we are told. And of course, the clear inference is that our Lord's righteousness also consists in right action, even as God admonishes us to turn our ways unto him. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank thee for this manifestation of thy righteousness and thy holiness. How we thank thee that we have discovered through thy word and through observation of thy kindness and mercy, as well as experiences in our own heart, that thou art a great and wonderful and righteous God. Oh, may these words find lodgment in many hearts, and in consequence thereof may many turn in repentance, coming to the righteous God in utter confession, through faith in Jesus Christ, find forgiveness and the glorious salvation of thy grace. In Jesus' name, amen.